on this episode of The Kinked Wire. It's kind of been a roller coaster ride. We're all excited about everything that was going to happen with the annual meeting. And then at the beginning of the year, we started to get reports. And uh, that's when we started saying, okay, well, what, what are we going to do? How is this going to happen? Welcome to The Kinked Wire, the interventional radiology podcast from SIR's IR Quarterly Magazine. You can learn more at our website, surweb.org slash kinkedwire. And this episode is brought to you by Surtex. Learn more at surtexvirtualbooth.com. In this episode, Kink Wire host Ron Krakow speaks with Tino Pena, chair of the SIR 2020 annual meeting, about his region's experience with COVID-19, SIR's plans for the upcoming virtual annual meeting, and the evolution of education for IRs. Thanks very much for being here. And, you know, I think you're the first uh, fellow Floridian to be on the call. I, w- I want to just check in. I know you're down in South Florida. How uh, how are you doing down there with COVID? I'm in Tampa. I know the situation in South Florida is probably a little bit worse. You know, I think that being in South Florida and being really in a gateway, you know, between the cruise ships, between a lot of international travel from Central Latin and South America, I think that we've been fortunate. I think that our preparedness has been really on point. I think we really prepared really hard and uh, we were expecting the worst. I think that looking how things have been in Miami-Dade, in our our county, in Broward County, we've been fortunate in that uh, obviously there's still been significant loss of life and it's been uh, a really tough time. You know, I look at this as really an example of, you know, we really prepared and that really has helped us. And then we also got a little bit lucky. You know, when, when uh, we went into this lockdown and shelter at home situation, people really kind of heeded those warnings. And I think all in all, everyone has kind of come together to help us with this, we'll call the first wave. I think we got lucky, Warren. Uh, you know, when you looked at what people went through in Italy and what people in New York and in Boston and, and other areas and you know Michigan, I, I think we've been fortunate and I think it could have been much worse. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, our, our experience up here has been similar to what you've described. And, you know, I know you, you just called it the first wave. I, you know, I kind of feel the same way, unfortunately, but we're all, uh, you know, hanging in there, as it were. And we're, we, like you said, we're all in it together. So I'm glad that uh, you guys are, are, are doing at least as well as can be expected under the circumstances. Exactly. In terms of practice patterns, have you guys noticed a change at all in, in what you've been up to and what you've been doing clinically uh, since COVID's been in our lives? You know, at the beginning, I, I think it was exhausting. We weren't really doing that much work because we had no elective cases. We were basically trying to take care of patients that were in the hospital that came in with something, you know, urgent or that were hospitalized in the hospital. And at the same time, we're doing cases that we thought could not wait. So we're doing a lot of our oncology patients. And between that and just getting ready for the COVID and, and waiting for the pandemic and then getting ready and starting some of these cases in preparation, it was exhausting. And now, you know, at that time, what we also want to do is protect the group as much as possible. So mm-hmm. we went on, as many other groups did, on, on a 50-50 kind of, we would one week on, one week off. During that week off, we basically would be in charge of doing um, didactic teaching with the fellows. We'd come in and maybe see help, telehealth visits from the office but really tried to not be patient, you know, facing during that week to try to protect uh, from everyone from a a possibility of getting some kind of cross infection. So uh, now as we're in the startup phase, I think that we haven't really increased the number of outpatients yet. I think the hospital itself has just started. We're in the first week of this type of recovery phase. And I think we've taken a backseat a little bit to just see how things go. 
And as we see more patients and, and what the actual volume in the hospital is going to be like, I think there's going to be a, a strain on resources. So mm. we felt that as long as there's someone that did not need to come in in this very first phase or any kind of urgent, emergent type cases, we're going to hold off and slowly start bringing in some of the outpatients that either aren't going to use a lot of resources. So anyone that you know will not require admission will not have any really demonstrable chance of having to get admitted or an ICU bed or blood products or anything like that. We're going to bring those patients in first and try to keep you know resource utilization to a minimum until we kind of get a handle how things kind of go forward. When we're, we're talking about COVID, obviously, the effect that COVID had on our SIR meeting, which was going to be at the time in, you know, one of the real hot spots out in Seattle. So you're going to be heading up now the virtual meeting. So how has that been playing out? So I, I would say it's kind of been a roller coaster ride. We've worked really hard, you know, for a whole year trying to plan the annual meeting. We're all excited about all the involvement and everything that was going to happen with the annual meeting. And then at the beginning of the year, we started to get reports and emails. You know, their hospitals uh, basically curtailed them from traveling. And uh, that's when we started saying, okay, well, what, what are we going to do? How is this going to happen? And if this comes to the United States, how is it going to be? Is it going to affect our meeting? I think in January, we started having kind of thoughts about, okay, what can we do? We started thinking about if we weren't going to have some of our international sessions, how we're going to work around them. And we started having our first plan. And I think we were pretty early on that. I think, you know, already in mid-February, we're having those discussions. And I think that pretty early on, we said, you know what, it's not going to be safe, especially Washington being one of the first hotspots in the United States. And at that point, I think, you know, the whole committee really came together and said, you know, let's not do anything that's going to really harm our, you know, our membership and harm what our society is all about. And we kind of very early decided, let's cancel this meeting. And then we started thinking about the virtual meeting. And to tell you the truth, at the beginning of March and in the middle of March, when things were really hot, we didn't think it was appropriate really to say, okay, we're going to do this now. So we really kind of went on a pause and said, okay, let's just see how things play out. Because at that point, we didn't know how things were going to be in a month or in three weeks or two months. And so we said, let's go on a pause and, and see exactly you know, what we need to do. And we were really more focused on, is everyone prepared for covid are people prepared in terms of what do they need to know? Can we get messages out through different ways through the society? I think, you know, just speaking now as a, as just as an SIR member, I mean, I can't think of a better way to have handled it, honestly. I mean, you seem like you were all impressively very early on in this. If you, if you were already thinking about this back in January and then appropriately sort of toned it down a little bit, it sounds like, and, and just waited for things to play out until you could uh, come up with a rational solution. So, I mean, I think that, you know, all of us uh, in the SIR, you know, really appreciate that and appreciate too the, you know, opportunity to still have some semblance of a meeting. And it sounds like it's going to be kind of interesting. You know, as we started thinking about, you know, what do we want to put forward in terms of the meeting? And really what we said is it's all about the science. We wanted to make sure that the science, which was what we thought the most topical part of the meeting, needed to come out. So obviously the abstracts have come out. So all that has been published in JVIR. We want to get as much of those 400 and so abstracts in a way that people can view them and comment on them. We also want to see, can we pick some of the best abstracts and present them in a virtual uh, meeting with an audience and people having discussion? That's great. And are, are there going to be CME opportunities and things like that? Correct. So we've chosen a two-day format. So we're going to be going on a Saturday and Sunday, June 13th and 14th. And uh, what we're going to be doing on that Saturday and Sunday is we're going to have three 90-minute sessions. 
The first 90-minute session will be based on uh, science and the abstracts. So we'll have some abstracts of the year, some distinguished abstracts, some featured abstracts. And then the last two 90-minute sessions are going to be two SACME sessions that we pulled out and adapted a little bit, two different ones on Saturday and then two on Sunday to kind of make basically an opportunity for about five hours of CME on Saturday and five hours of CME on Sunday. Is this something you may want to include or think about including in future SIRs? I think, you know, these type of events, you know, and I'm calling this the COVID pandemic an event is really going to lead changes in a lot of things. And I think one of them is going to be how we practice medicine and how we do some of our continued education and continued medical learning. I think we're going to see more and more meetings going to having this kind of virtual or real-time streaming option. I think we had it a couple of years ago, really didn't take off, but I think now we're going to see it more and more. And I think all meetings are going to have part of it. So I agree with you. I think looking forward to SIR 2021, there definitely will be a virtual live stream component and we'll mix all that together to try to really come up with a unified meeting. Right. Yeah, I agree with you that, you know, at least we're, we're pulling some good things out of the crisis. And, and I think that will be part of it, both in terms of practice um, patterns and, uh, you know, you know, possibly CME opportunities. Do you think maybe in, in SIRs going forward 2021 and so on, there'll be a COVID section or, you know, how you, you know, how you handle COVID or, or things like that? Is that something to think about in the future, maybe? Yeah, Warren, I think that's a great point because, you know, as we started, we started planning, even for the virtual sessions, we're like, you know, should we have something on COVID? And things were so fluid and moving so right. quickly that we felt that by June, we're not sure where we're going to be. Are we going to be in the recovery? Who, who knows where we're going to be? Mm-hmm. So we didn't really want to do that. But I think for next year, without a doubt, I think we've learned a lot. Like I said, I think we're going to see a lot of changes towards uh, the better. And that's an area that I'm sure we will mention and bring up in, at uh, SIR 2021. And you know, how, how does this move our practice and change you know, our practice as interventional radiologists to the better for the future? Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, sort of as you were saying at the beginning, I think a lot of lessons for us all to take from what we're going through here. But uh, look, I'm really excited for the virtual meeting. It's something that, you know, we haven't really done before. And, you know, and I have to say the format is appealing and, and may appeal to others as well. The fact that, it, you know, it's a weekend. I, I mean, I love going to the meeting and reconnecting with friends and so on and so forth. But, you know, for a lot of people, sometimes it's hard to get away. And, and you know, I think that's really appealing. I think we've come up with a great format here. Well, thank you very much for that, because I, I know that we spent a lot of time discussing, can we do it one hour a week for five weeks or six weeks? Can we do it over three weeks? Do we do it one week and every day have one or two hours of content? And we kind of decided on the weekend, on the times that we thought it would be amenable for East Coast, West Coast, and even international attendees. So we try to make it as inclusive as possible. So I appreciate those comments because uh, we, we hope we got it right, but we you know we spent a lot of time talking about it. So that's great that you felt that way, because that's really what we're trying to do, be as inclusive as possible. It's, it's terrific. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and, you know, looking forward to see what, what comes after. As we close up, we'd like to ask a question uh, of all our guests, uh, which would be, if you had the power to change any one thing in healthcare, what would it be? I, I think it's a little idealistic, but I'll tell you really what I would like to, you know, what, what I see is really looking at disparities in healthcare and making access to healthcare as equitable and available as possible. I I do believe that we have one of the best healthcare systems in the United States. And I'd like to see uh, us continue to move to make it where it's it's more accessible. And uh, to to me, that's one thing. If I could figure out a way to do that, that's where I would uh, put all my energy. And, you know, that's totally as apolitical as possible 
to me, that's just a, a, a value that I thought that we should always strive for. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I think you'd get people from, you know, all all camps and parties would agree with you. I mean, we're seeing it even now with COVID, the disparities in healthcare, you know, may affect your mortality and outcomes. So that's a that's a great uh, point to bring up. And uh, really, thank you for taking the time to be with us. And moreover, for, for doing all that work on the annual meeting and now the virtual meeting, which we're all going to be uh, looking forward to attending soon. Thank you very much, Warren. And I also want to shout out to the entire annual meeting committee because we all work together and uh, it's really an honor to work with them and staff on this project to hopefully make our society stronger. So thank you very much. That was Dr. Tino Pena talking about SIR's virtual annual meeting, which will take place on June 13 to 14, 2020. We thank all the members of SIR's annual meeting committee for their hard work on this opportunity. Drs. Tino Pena, Nadine Abijude, Belhandra Kapoor, and Dan Z. You can find more programming details on surmeeting.org. We thank Dr. Pena for his time, Surtex for supporting this episode, and you for listening to The King Choir. Our host is Dr. Warren Krakow. Our editor is Dr. Jamin Shaw. Our production manager is Dr. Jason Fisher. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any thoughts or ideas for us, drop us a line at irq.surweb.org.